0: Do you like to learn about random, wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at LadyFoxEntertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. Today, we're going to be talking about method acting. However, it's not just for the actors and actresses out there listening. It's also for non-actors. You're going to learn some really important tips on how to live moment to moment. My awesome guest is the amazing Sharon Chatton. Since 1980, Sharon has been teaching ongoing acting classes and working extensively as a private coach in L.A. and New York. Before committing full-time to teaching, Sharon had leading roles as an actress since she was eight in hundreds of plays, TV series, and films. Sharon was made a lifetime member of the Actors Studio in 1975 and a lifetime member of Ensemble Studio Theater in 1980. Under the personal invitation of Robert Redford, she participated in the founding two seasons of the Sundance Film Institute as a resource artist, acting in numerous films by new filmmakers, including playing Yolandia in the film Yolandia opposite Robert Duvall. Sharon has also had the honor and delight of working alongside master talents like Lee Strasberg, Stella Adler, Uta Hagen, Robert Redford, Robert Duvall, Al Pacino, just to name a few. And some of her clients include talents like Jim Carrey, Cameron Diaz, Matt Dillon, James Gandolfini, rest in peace, Charlie Hunnam, Will Smith, Ben Stiller, and even Justin Bieber. She's awesome. You should go to her website for more information, SharonChatton.com. Welcome, Sharon.
1: Thank you so much, Michelle.
0: I'm so happy to have you. Now the wonderful Terry Berland connected us.:
1: Ah, uh, yes. I've known Terry since New York days. Uh, a long time ago. We've been very close friends, and she's such a talented uh, acting uh, teacher for commercials, as you well know, and, <laughs> and a commercial casting director. She's the top.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'm so glad she connected us because you're also obviously at the top of what you do. And I would love for you to share your journey from when you were a young actress and how you got your start there all the way up until why you made the transition over to dedicating your skills to teaching others.
1: Well, certainly. Um, I was lucky enough to live in the Midwest and, and uh, spend my summers at Lake Michigan. And many of the These little towns across the United States have little summer theaters, you know, in the middle of the woods somewhere Mm -hmm. where the locals do the current plays. And whether it be Little Foxes and some classic or Chekhov or a a musical and the locals participate and there's Children's Theater. And it was right down the block from where I live. So um, I wandered over there and and got smitten. And um, I don't envy people who don't really know what they want to do, where their, where their passion is, because I was lucky to find that really young. And um, I, I was devoted to acting. I, I never thought I'd be teaching. And I, I tell my children this and my students, which is life is, uh, we're, it's such a composite and, we, and a kaleidoscope, and we don't know what's <laughs> going to take us around the next corner. Uh, if you had said that I would be a teacher, I, I probably would have revolted and, um, and uh, <laughs> stormed out the door, you know.
0: So that's interesting. Well, you know, what's funny is that when you and I first connected, I said, wow, you have such an amazing acting background. And you said, well, I don't do that anymore.
1: <laughs> I, know. I know. And and I don't even want to, which is so fascinating to me. I would have never thought I would say that when I was in my 20s. Never.
0: That's amazing.
1: It, it wouldn't have been a, a thought in my mind. But um, I, I, my mentor, besides The people you mentioned, when I was a young actor living in New York, all those masters were alive. I mean, that's where, why wouldn't you go to them? So Mm -hmm. we were so fortunate, my generation, to be able to study with these brilliant people. And um, I particularly glommed, I I thought they were all marvelous, but I loved the relaxation and sensory work that Lee Strasberg um, uh, taught us. And I, I I really feel that relaxation, mental and physical, is so important for an artist and a human being to be their most present self. So uh, I I found it extraordinary in the sensory work dealing with what do you see, smell, taste, or touch. That's where all the great literature comes from that moves you to tears or a film or or swells your heart. I mean, if you remember something, you don't remember it as a noun, like... um, uh, summer cottage you you remember the fireflies and the the smell of the lake and the sound of the lake lapping and the wind in the trees before a storm and it's those are the things that conjure up your your memory and your your feelings and so neurologically all the emotions of your life are stored in the isolated muscle groups of the body and how you tap into those is the five senses so clearly this whole system is pretty exciting
0: Oh, very exciting. And so
1: Lee Strasberg was my mentor. I, I was very attached to his work. And he asked me to teach at the Strasberg Institute in New York um, and become a judge at the Actor Studio uh, for the uh, people that wanted to become members there. And I thought, oh, well, that's unusual. I mean, um, And I started to teach. And I started to teach for Larry Moss as well, another brilliant actor wow. teacher who, when Larry uh, started coming to... Uh, Los Angeles he had me take over his classes for him in New York while he was putting his feet out in, in LA and then I started having children and I liked being home with them and I liked my teaching and my maternal instincts seemed to match like mm-hmm. I, I was just born to be a teacher I, I just be- began to love it more and more and more and wanting the acting myself less and less and less and yeah. until I didn't I didn't want to do it anymore. I was so fulfilled by teaching. And I have been now for 35 years.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I think I think as you age, as anyone ages, I think it starts becoming more about giving back or sharing your gifts rather than the me, me, me thing.
1: And I think, though, that a lot of my clients and actors I know are, are very giving people, and they find that in their acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might be more of a selfishness on my part, because the actors I know are I I I oddly enough the me 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 actors don't end up with me. We're not a good match. <laughs> so <laughs> so the people that do end up with me are so giving and they're they're in it for the humanity and the art. Right. But I think I was more selfish and kind of liked my evenings at home with my kids, you know. So I think it was Well, you more know what and they-
0: they also say that, and this this is like the flip side to what I said earlier about like getting older and you just want to give back. Well, there is a selfishness to that, ironically, because um, you get something out of it as well. <laughs>
1: exactly. Is there altruism or not?
0: You're right. right. Is it a Indeed? thing? Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> so let's dive into method acting, um, exactly what it is. You mentioned the sensory work and such, but, you know, is there a formal de- definition for method acting? Um, what is your take on that?
1: Well, um Stanislavski and Strasbourg did have written extensively and brilliantly on it, and and to surmise it, it would would maybe do it an, an injustice. But some of the images I can give you are, instead of externally uh, creating something, you allow yourself to like Gene Hackman says you got to fill. Um, that that was one of his tips to Matt Dillon, who asked him about uh, what is great acting, Gene, and he said, well, you got to fill. And, you know, there are a lot of actors who sound like they're angry, mad, sad, glad, but they're really not feeling anything. Yeah. there's nothing organically cooking in their juices <laughs> and method acting says you know you got to fill you know you're yeah. you're a person your character's a person why be a robot you know, yeah. <laughs> you know? that happens in singing now, too
0: you notice a lot of vocalists absolutely yeah, the, the hands going yeah and dancing too yeah the hands going the body movements are going and it seems like you're into it but it's just technique
1: exactly and i've seen um critiques of dancers where they they do the jump and the leap and the point and everything so astonishingly, and yet there's no personality in it. There's no heart, there's no pulse in it. Mm. So misconception of method acting is that means you have to torment yourself, torture yourself, it's only about crying and misery. You <laughs> you you get so involved in it that you can't have lunch and you can't go home to your family and you stay in it for till the shoot's over and then you can't let it go. That is uh, when I'm on a um, a mission to dissuade people from thinking I mean, it's so. Lee would be turning in his grave <laughs> if he read these articles about what method acting is. Yeah. Um, and So that's a myth. So,
0: it's a myth. Like, yeah, I mean, completely. I remember reading articles about Johnny Depp when he was doing the Pirates of the Caribbean, and how you know he'd be on set acting like a pirate for two months, and you know he didn't shower, so he stunk, and you know was mean and rude. <laughs> Which, well, and you know,
1: I think I think that's his choice. You know, I mean, I but that's not what a method acting says. There are actors. I'm, if that's true, because we weren't really there, because mm-hmm. again, it's what we've read, right? Exactly. But um, but, however, say for instance you are on this, like let's take Daniel Day Lewis in Ablink, and Abe he had to change his walk, or, or Johnny Depp in, in that role. You have to, you change your walk, you change your speech, you change your brain in terms of how that character thinks and plays with the world or, 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 uh, interfaces with the world, and if it's an extraordinary, if it's an extraordinarily challenging role to go in and out in terms of talking about restaurants to the makeup artist or to your manager that showed up on set, and then they slate and you're going to suddenly turn a light switch and become this other person. Um, it, that's that's ridiculous too. I mean, right. you do kind of in certain roles if the role is close to you, you can. Talk about restaurants with with somebody before you before you shoot. If it's if it's the vibe of the of the character and the character is just like you are, and you can seamlessly go from chit chat to chit chat in text, mm-hmm. then then you know. But it, but I understand and feel that you might need to not get involved with chit chat and stay in character. As long as you're not abusive to anyone, if you're in your own world, staying in character and not hurting anybody, mm-hmm. so that you can do your work, if it requires demanding um, uh, physical, emotional, and and technical um, a zone to stay in. Mm-hmm.
0: But I think that's where people get concerned because they're like, "Oof! If this actor or actress is playing a really intense role, which does require pain and suffering, like how does that affect?" The actor, if they're constantly living in that zone in their head,
1: first of all, they, a good actor knows how to modulate that and and mm. know how to turn the dial down inside themselves until it's getting near the time they have to curtain is raised at the theater or or there's it's time to slate a scene, and they know how to bring it up and down. They may need to keep it on simmer and not be social on a set and not be but. Certain roles demand that the humanity of the role, the craft of the role may demand that so you're not sitting around and talking about the Lakers with everybody at lunch. Yeah, it, the you know, but that doesn't mean that at the end of the day, they don't go to their trailer, wash their flip face, get cleaned up, they did their work, and go home and be who you are.
0: That must be difficult for so many actors, I would imagine, because the set like the social aspects of being on a set are also important. So you'd have to be around people who really get that.
1: Yeah, the best do. I mean, I remember when I was a young actress in New York, um, I did it. There was very, there were very few TV shows shooting in New York. The Equalizer was one of them. Um, and I, a, lot, a lot of us played very many roles on The Equalizer because, you know, there wasn't any other TV to do and we kept getting cast in different things. And one day I, I was some, the lead guy in the in the Equalizer, I was somehow with a gun, I don't even remember, some detective with him, a young girl detective, and we were looking for sort of a hunchback of Notre Dame character in this big Broadway theater, was the sort of synopsis of the um, show, that episode. And a young actor, Chris Cooper, he was in his 20s then, He he's a, such an extraordinary actor, but he was... He had just did, done John Sayles' um, Matawan, and and people in New York in our age group knew who Chris Cooper was, but he, he hadn't become Chris Cooper yet. And um, he came on set. He was playing the Quasimodo, Hunchback of Notre Dame kind of character, right? And he didn't talk to anybody. He stayed by himself. He stayed totally into this thing, but he didn't bother anybody. He ate by himself at lunch. But he, he was so into creating the story and this man who was suffering in this, in this theater lost with a broken heart. The grips and the techie people who hadn't quite seen anything like that, suddenly, they just kind of knew something special was going on. Hmm. It, it, all, when the crew knows, it's not, it's not negative phony stuff. It's real art stuff and everyone knows it. And and, And everyone sort of watched this magical young man do this amazing work. And at the end of the day, the crew gave him a standing ovation. Wow. So my feeling is if you're doing the work right, and not all rules require that. I mean, if it's a, if it's a light scene and the character is close to you, then like the Strasbourg used to say, you only need sensory work when you need sensory work. I mean, it's, you need a technique when you need to go mm. to more complicated places. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, then no problem.
0: Right. But
1: um, I think everyone knows unless you're a very insensitive person when something artful is happening around you.
0: Yeah. You said something when we spoke offline, and I had to write it down. You said imagination and self becoming one. Is that what good acting is?
1: I think truth is the most important thing in life and in art. I had this thing that, yes, I, I, I do believe that, but to explain it a little further, there's many journalists that write about method acting. You only use yourself, and you dredge up all your life experience, and you they you know involved you know you can't even shake it, you know all that stuff. other people uh, say the other systems, you only use your imagination versus method that uses your life experience, and my tirade, <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> is as well, you know, as I told you before, um, uh, I know I'll bet briefly, but um, I'm on a tirade to um, say folks. Get real. Even when you're sleeping, you have your own life experience and your imagination. You have, you can't shake. Even in a coma state, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, what, that's what dreams are. That's what it, you. You have to have both. You have to have your life experience and your imagination because no story is going to be exactly like your life and yet you've experienced, you're a human being, you've experienced human feelings. To, It's an impossibility to plug those up. You can't put a stopper on your heart. I mean, mm-hmm. if if I were to play your sister in something, and I have a sister, and the story happens to be similar to my sister, that we very much love each other and have been very, very close friends our whole lives. If I know that feeling, and that's what the author wrote as well, how am I going to plug that up? Yeah. Of course, it's going to just seep into these words, into this energy, this presence with you. It, you cannot plug it up. It's an impossibility. Um, should something happen in the script that wouldn't happen with my sister, as Strasberg said, acting is reacting to imaginary stimuli. That's the word imagination. Acting is reacting to imaginary stimuli. Hmm. So of course the imagination comes in as well. So yeah. it's a mushmash. It's a big wonderful soup. And people that try to pin pinpoint and pigeonhole things, I think are are. Doing a disservice to the young actors Mm -hmm. who are seeking, where should I study? Which system? What should I do? Right. And and I kind of want to free them up to try it all and find what's best for you.
0: I love that. Yeah. And I think that people out there who are non-actors, they don't really understand how complex this craft really is, Um, you know, until you try it yourself, because it's it's so much deep work. And I mean, I've I've remembered even my own family watching a show and saying, oh, that actor's terrible, you know, and that kind of thing. But it's like, well, (laughs) you have no idea what goes into it? So somebody might be more amateur than somebody else, but <laughs> it's not an easy craft. Not anybody can act.
1: No, there are people that the minute they're given written word and and are not just being taped as themselves, uh, improvisationally. If they're given written text, they become robotic, and they, their own even unique personality gets lost. And there are people who can learn to at least be themselves, and then probably get a lead in the TV series and play a role that's just like that that's possible mm. um but to become an actor that can play many stories and many characters and have the the use of your voice and your body and, mm. and dialect and an emotional range when needed and that, that that's a lot that's, and i'm i yeah. i'm of the belief that that study improves anybody but i and i'm a teacher so of course i believe in class that you, it would be like a violinist that is not going to lift up the violin till they get cast at the LA Phil or something, you know, <laughs> Till they get cast in the orchestra, they're not going to practice. It's absurd. You know, Man. dancers, uh, they dance, whether they, they're in a dance or not, or they won't be ready if they, mm-hmm. if they, if they get the shot. So, um, art artists have to practice their art somewhere. And unfortunately there's not a lot of places unless you're, you know, you're in a theater company that does plays all the time or, or, um, Working all the time as an actor, you, you have to, you have to be in a class, but I'm sure Michelle, that there are actors you and I could name. I don't know who they are, but I know they exist, that we love to watch their work. They move us so much. They make us laugh and they've never studied it all. They just intuit it all. They're very, Mm. they just innately do it um what would happen with them if they took a class too and got into Shakespeare and the classics and, and expanded beyond the, the, the roles they tend to play. Um who knows where they would go but yeah. um I'm not so sure every great actor is studied. I don't really know.
0: Yeah. Well oh, I'm sure a lot of the rappers didn't. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot right. of rappers who got into T V itself. You know? And they're they're just naturally good gangsters.
1: <laughs> yeah. And sometimes quite good actors.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's like a natural (laughs) affinity or or ability there. Well, so let's talk more about these, this ongoing practice, right? The teaching that you do. I'd love to know more about the relaxation and the sensory work, like how you help people bring up those feelings. Can you give us an example of an exercise?
1: yeah um, before each class, um and and hopefully they'll learn to use that at home or in their trailers and stuff is everyone takes a straight back chair with no arms and they uh, line themselves in the chair so that they're not compressing their spine and and they can breathe. Breath is so important. Uh, most many young actors have no idea how to breathe. They don't they're holding their tummies in, they're breathing into their upper chest. They're all stuffed up. Um, they don't know how to breathe into their back ribs, and without breath and articulation, it, 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 I mean, that alone, just getting people to breathe is really is really important. And breathe, breathe diaphragmatically, where when you inhale, your stomach area, which is the diaphragm area, should should uh, protrude. Fo- forward Mm -hmm. and that same energy should push against your back ribs because there's it's as if there's a balloon in in there Mm -hmm. and if you inflated the balloon it would inflate and push forward and backwards most people what happens is the air goes right up to their breasts and upper chest because they're holding their stomachs in and And they're not really breathing. And so emotion gets stopped there. Flow gets stopped there. So anyway, breath is very much part of this relaxation. Mm -hmm. It's like
0: that in singing as well. Same thing.
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Then we move all the areas of the body uh, one at a time. We loosen our shoulders and our back and our arms and our elbows and our outer elbows and our fingers and between the fingers and between the toes and the knees and the legs and the thighs Mm -hmm. and the neck and the... Or in every little inch of you, we move and then let go and move and let go um, so that you know the difference between your, I I call it, uh, Michelle, the squeezes and screams we have inside of ourselves. Hmm. You know, I mean, even talking to you now, I'm not, but I could be curling my toes or squeezing my tushy together or my thighs or or holding my breath or there's all these small extraneous tensions that we carry around with us and sometimes hopefully in in relaxing week after week actors start to know oh i'm squeezing my toes let it Mm. go oh i'm 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 squeezing my thighs let them go i'm i'm not breathing breathe you know i'm furrowing my brow all the time stop it release my brow i'm my jaw is tight i have a tight i'm clenching my jaw just drop my lower teeth let it go and you start to know how to let go of all these squeezes and screams at the same time we're doing this we're owning who we are as a person in secret it's nobody's business but yourself but you have to go in while you're moving and releasing the muscles of the body into your inner concentration at the simultaneously as you're you're releasing muscles and say to yourself okay sharon how you doing what's really going on with you like get real right now sharon get real that's what i'm saying to myself if i were doing relaxation and what's good in my life what's bad in my life what am i really worried about what am i afraid of what am i longing for what am i grateful for what am i delighted by what am what what my childhood stuff i want to maybe go back and say hello to the little me's, the the little girls in me leading up to now i want to say hi to my mom and dad who've passed i want to I want to. I remember how I thought of myself in middle school, and say and own that. I want to um, say hello to the relationships currently in my life, and check in and see what's going on there, and get real with that. And we make sound every now and then, so that we don't keep it in our heads. These thoughts that every now and then we open up and let out a nice big resonant sound. It's like a hippo in labor <laughs> or something, <laughs> but. It, but it it allows you to own who you are as a person, mm-hmm. because the minute you release tensions in the body, extraneous tension, and you own truth, then you're you're ready. You're artist's place. You're in you're you're in a zone, um, and then a sen- typical sensory exercise can be anything from a. What do I see, smell, taste, hear, touch? It can be a pleasant smell, an unpleasant smell, a pleasant taste, an unpleasant taste, a pleasant fabric, an unpleasant fabric, a sensual fabric, which makes our bodies move in different ways. Um, It can be a a, a talk through in terms of remembering a place from your past or present and, and remembering a person. But we do that through the five senses, letting the actor, everything that they see, in their mind's eye go through every little thing that you see and then after many minutes we go to now add touch what do you touch and you let the hands go out into the air in front of you and you let yourself question well let's see what else do i touch and what else do i touch and then what are the smells that remember in this place let's see what smells are there and you just you don't keep it in your head you you literally literally Inhale and see what smells are coming to you from that place. And then sounds. What do I What do I hear? Let me see. Do I hear something? Let me see. That do I let me see keeps it from I remember there used to be crickets, which is an intellectual idea. But if your ears question, do I get the sensation of crickets? Let me see. That brings it into the, the answering of the question, which gets you private and not thinking about
0: performing for an mm-hmm. audience. Yeah, it's wonderful because then you are present. But then how do you apply this when you're working in a scene with someone? Because if it's all about reacting, but the other person isn't also in their fully present truth, then how do you create that truth unless you're with another person who's in the same headspace as you are? Yeah, well, uh, let's say you're in
1: a film about going home for the holidays and you're the scene is on a porch with your brother you're you're on a on a porch with your brother with whom there's been is kind of an oil and water relationship mm, throughout okay. your life and um going home to mom and dad's house where you grew up and the old rooms and the the shag carpet and the and the um <laughs> that sounds totally on <laughs> the, Chevy in the, the Chevy in the driveway and you know um mr smith's house across the street um and sitting and the scene is taking place on this porch well the set set designer is going to give you a great porch they're going to design a lovely scene and the prop masters will have stuff there that's great but then none of that will mean anything to you um for me it's the actor's job to personalize that place so that they go on set they see what. The set designer gave and, and all that but they've already done their work where they know this is a scene about staring out at the street and and talking to your brother and knowing that you've come home to this place that you have so many memories at and if you do a relaxation and you're in your trailer and you work on a place that that porch would be for you. Even if I didn't grow up, I didn't have a porch where I grew up. I grew up above the barber shop in Chicago. So, um, <laughs> I, but I had a window that looked out at the bicycle store and all the other stores across the street. And I knew my block. And if I went home and looked out those windows, I would, uh, the tires in the rain. I remember the tires in the rain and, uh, on that street going by and, the blinking lights from the bicycle store and in other words if I were to and the fabric on my mother's couches and the that when she redecorated and put the plastic over the furniture and the you know and that modern lamp that she thought was so cool that actually would be now but back then it was so ridiculous. But,
0: <laughs> tacky then cool now
1: really cool now <laughs> um very mid-century I, just the smells coming from the kitchen of of her her dishes she would cook, and that all the, I could spend an hour tripping out on the memories of that living room, looking out on that on that through those windows, and that's what I would bring to that porch. And then, in terms of the brother, you have to go to the author. It's always about the writer, and you go to the author and say, "Well." if my sibling relationship is really nothing like this story, what can I connect to that is like, I, you don't need literal personalizations for things. Mm-hmm. So besides mm-hmm. the strange actor, you've never met until the, the breakfast donuts in the morning, who's supposed to be your brother, you know, because that often doesn't that happens, you know, you're yeah. supposed to have this big scene with someone you don't even know. You, you do have a personalization, the who would this be how can i fill the air between me and this other person with the energy this author wrote and 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 film like gene hackman says film my insides being with my brother on this on uh, on this return home and when you work with the five senses and you have the right personalization for someone then you must also add the juggling ball of taking in this new actor moment to moment even though you have a personalization from your own life and someone that open and zips your heart hmm. so that you have history and depth with another person. And then you also have to juggle the ball of noticing that actor moment to moment and taking in whatever happens there.
0: There's a lot going on.
1: So there's a lot to do moment to moment and be open and aware of and live, which we do in life. But actors minimalize when they go in life it every moment is so full of everything I've just said times a hundred times a thousand, because there's so much sensory over so much going on perceptually just you and I talking in our wherever we each are and being together it right now Michelle if you think of someone you love very much from your life and you really connect to how much you love them and you, um, you pick a place a, a, at the wall across from you at the bookshop or a, a, a A pinpoint on the wall and just say if they were there can I feel that love in my heart and feel it in the air between us between Mm -hmm. me and that space on the wall you know because we can fill the air between uh people um with love with competition with um, flirty with um, (laughs) there's air that magic it's alchemy it's it's cool and you Mm -hmm. can create that even if the other person is the assistant casting director with their face in the script you know so uh, the bonus is when there's an actor to play with that is also you know in the art place then you have the additional ball of the magic between you and them back and forth that changes moment to moment based on how they say something, what they're feeling, what you're getting from them, what the innuendo happened, a, mm-hmm. a little look on yeah. the face. I mean, it's, it's also fun. And the more balls you juggle, the more fun it is because you're not performing. <laughs> right. You're not wondering if anyone likes you and if you're doing a good job. You're in it. Yeah. You know, you're in it.
0: I love how you said that this is something that we do just every single day as regular people. And so it's constantly going on and to take that and then to transfer it into a script is, is amazing to me. But I wanna st- stick with the non-actors of the world so that they can connect to this idea of tuning into themselves and being more self-aware and how they can utilize that to have better relations with other people at work, in their family environment, Everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I would say every student that has studied this work knows that it's made them a better person. And how can people without taking an acting class do this? Well, um, relax. There's so many mindfulness and meditation and yoga and uh, massage, and there's all kinds of ways to learn how to breathe, right? And mm-hmm. relax. First of all, even. Uh, most people do not know how to breathe.
0: So they're, they're
1: not to breathe pro- properly, and it's you're a completely different person when you're breathing uh, without tension. When you're really giving your body that that energy, mm-hmm. and you're not hiding from the world as much. There was a wonderful a voice teacher uh, that did a one day workshop that one of my students took, and I had known this teacher, Natsuka for a while and i hadn't seen her for a while but the student told me it was so interesting natsuka had um them walking around breathing and just looking at each other walking around (sighs) just take in the people as you walk around and now let your mouth hang open and your jaw release and breathe inhaling through the mouth exhaling through the mouth and they all found that just by not having a shut Slam shut mouth, they felt much more present and aware Mm. of each other just by releasing the jaw.
0: That's amazing. So, I would
1: say breath and I would say appreciation for the poetry of life. That Hmm. when you see it, take the time to notice the senses. I think people can cultivate an appreciation of the senses. If you, there are people that look at a sunset and go, Yeah, nice sunset. Yeah, it's fine, fine sunset. (laughs) I like that, I like that blue. It's good blue, good blue. There are other people that slow down a little bit and go, oh, that blue, let me feel that blue. Mm. Like how the blue sort of merges and it becomes a different shade as it goes into that. Yeah, And see that other, they really notice.
0: I think this might be difficult work for the narcissists of the world who have limited emotional range. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just did an episode, (laughs) yeah.
1: Oh, Michelle. And would be good therapy for them to, you know, I I think people learn at the moment of their passing, all the great things that they should have known while they're living. Mm. And a lot of it is appreciation um, for the smaller things. And they let them slip by. So true. Extraneous tension in the body, and we're not breathing, and we're not appreciating the five senses or noticing the five senses, I shouldn't give an emotional result to that, but noticing them, Mm -hmm. then you're not really present with people either right? as much as you can
0: be. This must be a challenge, though. Like I'm thinking about – Let's say something stressful happens at work, um, in the office, or somebody's challenging you and it's not positive. How can you best work through that when you feel the emotions and you cannot control them, so to speak? They're just bubbling up. You become boiling at someone and their behavior. What should you do then? Or how do you use this approach, this relaxation and sensory work to work through that?
1: I hesitate to give emotional advice other than what I'm trained in, which is acting to actors, because it's a fine line, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of, I know telling people to relax their mind and their body and learn how to breathe and appreciate the senses is not a dangerous thing. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't have to be trained in and, and be a doctor, of psych, psychiatry to be able to say that. Um, I feel confident in that it's it's not dangerous to anyone. And it's, and it's true. And it's, it's an easy, I can be a layman and say that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think we do act at work, though. I think we do put on our work mask and we right. act professional or whatever it is that we label it. So I think there is an element of acting yeah. and, and keeping it under wraps. You're, you're boiling. Yeah, I mess. mean, <laughs> I,
1: I, I wouldn't want to advise anyone because I'm not a therapist. My immediate guess would be, but your guess is as good as mine on this because I don't know if you're, you have a degree in, in or no. studied psychology, no. but I haven't either. But my guess, if my, an actor said that to me and had to go shoot a scene and what do I do with this rage I'm feeling, I would say do your relaxation. Move the muscles of the body. Get rid of where you're storing all that anger in the body. Breathe. Make sound for it, which means own the feelings. And and there's a and then get to work and um, I think people have to accept that things happen and I think burying them under the rug is not I remember to, um, there was a lady Gail Sheehy I think it was and she wrote a book called Passages about the different decades of life like in your twenties thirties forties fifties it was a very popular book in like the eighties I think mm-hmm. and she had she had interviewed. Um, orphans in Vietnam after the Vietnam War and 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 really um, had a great attachment to, I think, a 13-year-old orphaned girl in Vietnam and adopted her and brought her back to the States. And what they discovered was that these children had blocked out a lot of the torment that they had seen. They emotionally just didn't even let himself remember it. And the therapist here said that in order to have productive lives, they have to go through the feeling. Mm. So I'm just someone that says that shit's going to happen. Pardon my French. I hope it's okay to say an apology. Oh yeah.
0: But, Curse all you like. You know,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm a kind of a toilet mouse. So am but I. Anyway, um, <laughs> but you know, and I think not owning that this is how I'm feeling, and this is what's going on, and and being able to, you know, have a safe place to to have it without hurting yeah. yourself or anyone else, and and then breathing and trying to relax, and you know, healing and whatever else that's healing. Need. But, yeah, but I think that job thing that you just said, my immediate reaction was breathe, relax, and take a beat, because I wouldn't want that person to act out on the job. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good to, to not react, and instead just breathe, and l- take a beat, as mm-hmm. they say, mm-hmm. and then and then have your feelings, look at them, and see where they're going before you, you know. I think a lot of people just like a lot of the narcissists and a lot of the powerful narcissists that are you know, around us these days, you know, they just would spout out anything that comes out of their mouth. There's no moment of taking a beat, of mm-hmm. noticing their body, of noticing the um, adrenaline that's pumping that may be mm. influencing them. Too.
0: We could use you at the White House, Sharon. We should send yeah. you in there to do some deep <laughs> oh, work. I,
1: I won't. I couldn't <laughs> even go. I couldn't even break bread. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe we maybe we could get you on Skype. Then I were
1: invited, <laughs> I couldn't go.
0: Yeah, you know, you said at the top of the episode that actors become better people when they study this yeah. this work, and I can see that. There's a lot of healing elements to it. You know, when you started talking about PTSD and like post trauma, and it's like, you know, I'm interested in that kind of stuff. And there's this dissociation that occurs and you do get disconnected from your feelings and you don't fully process them. And then that comes up in other ways in your body and in your behavior and in your interactions with people. So I feel like doing this work, whether you're an actor or not an actor, could really open you up and make you, I don't know, more healthy, I guess, emotionally healthy. And
1: it's also appreciating your unique self because we're always trying to be something else. And part of the work is for you to own your unique self mm-hmm. and go to your truth. I love that. And the senses do the way you play a role, Michelle versus the way someone else will do it. If you try to do it the way Susie did it, your magic will not be there. So it, it really, it helps um, you say, this is me and this is my take on this writer. And, I'm breathing my breath into this, yeah. and I'm enough. I mean, most so many people do not feel enough in one way or a thousand ways.
0: So and true.
1: We're so fortunate to be here, and and um, you're we're enough. And a, a student um almost died in my, one of my classes a couple of days ago. She she yeah she was chewing gum and it got lodged into her throat, and I saw her turn blue and 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 oh my god! Ran the over there. Yeah. And I grabbed her to do Heimlich, Mm -hmm. but she was too big for me to hold. So she fell out of my hands and I screamed help. And this six foot six student of mine happened to be in the doorway. and He ran over and got her and did the Heimlich and it popped out. And and turns out, which I didn't know at the time, a nurse was one of my students. I didn't know there was a nurse that was... um, Taking acting class Mm -hmm. with me, she said, "I'm a nurse. Let me take her out to recondition her." And I went, "Okay." And I didn't know what that meant. And when she came back, she had a lemon in her hand. And I said, "What? What is this reconditioning?" And she said, "Well, she needed. I needed to have her walk, and I needed to have her. What do you see? Because she was panicking that she almost died. So I had to have her notice the weight of the lemon. Now smell the the lemon." Wow! Now all the five senses stuff—what mm. the nurse was trained to do in reconditioning—so I thought that was so.
0: That's really interesting. There's such an overlap, so it is healing. I'm interested to know who your favorites were as far as you working with people. You know, I, I spout out, spouted off some of the people like Jim Carrey and Will Smith, who who have been your most rewarding students.
1: Um. I, I don't like to put anyone in front of another person, but I can do it in this case because of what he has done for me, which is Vincent D'Onofrio, who mm-hmm. started studying with me when he was 20. He's now in his late 50s. So we've been together a long time. And uh, he was, you know, the lead in law and order of criminal intent. And he was the, the wonderful character that unfortunately uh, committed suicide in and- Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket and mm. The Bug and yes. Men in Black. Yes. I mean, Vincent is a real actor's actor.
0: Yeah. That was a very terrifying scene, by the way. Yeah.
1: And he's he is what is what they say is an actor's actor. And he, um, in these last decade or so, he's so turned on it, on by teaching. And he works all the time. So he's directing a movie right now, actually. But he works all the time. So he doesn't have a ton of time to teach, but whenever he's in LA, he'll say, Sharon, can I come teach class? Or he'll go to the Strasbourg Institute in New York and teach there or in LA. And um, he just wants to teach. And mm. he's so trained in the relaxation and sensory work. So it's because it, a lot of the people I coach, I coach, they've never studied this stuff. Yeah. Um, I have classes where they learn the, these things. And then there's some people who, who, have done my classes but then once you have a reputation as a teacher you get called to coach people who have never trained in this but they're movie stars and Mm -hmm. they need help on this project or that project so the work becomes different and individualized for them um but vincent started and studied avidly the sense relaxation and sensory work and so uh, he knows it and has used it in his craft for 30 years so when he comes to teach he knows the work so well. I'm sitting there with him when he teaches, but he's a master teacher, but he can also show the students, like, how will take the chair and he'll say, I still use relaxation today. And this is how I use it on set. And I still use improvisation today. And I still use the sensory work. And this is how I work on drunkenness and craft drunkenness, which is very crafting the drunk and the stone and the hangover and all that is very specific work we do in sensory work so that you don't, create something sticky that it comes (laughs) it's unique, you know. Right. And so he'll take the chair and say, So these are some of the tools I use for working on drunk and he he's just it's just exciting for me to have someone because I'm, you know, I I I want that next generation after me to carry the legacy sure. of, of, of acting techniques on, so it gives me great pleasure to see that somebody got it, learned it, and wants to pass it on. Yeah. So so I would say um, that's my biggest joy. And as I said earlier, the people I have coached
0: oh, tons and tons. I I, couldn't, tons I just tons. I just plucked a few off of your website.
1: Yeah, I mean they're all wonderful because. I work in such a truthful way that they wouldn't stay with me unless we had a bond and they want truth. You know, they would, they would move on to someone else because I'm not a teacher that just says, Oh, that's wonderful. And Oh yes, you're wonderful. I mean, I just don't do that. So every single person has been a joy to work with because if they're a client, that means we're peers as artists and, and I get, I learn from them as much as, you know, probably they learn from me because it, you never stop learning. You just never stop learning. That's
0: so true. Wow. That's amazing. Any final thoughts for folks out there listening, whether they are an actor or a non actor and kind of fascinated by?
1: Yeah, I would say Warren Zevon, when he was passing away and David Letterman asked him, he knew he was dying. And David Letterman said, what advice do you have to us? I mean, you know you're dying, you know what? And he just looked at Letterman and said, enjoy every bite of every sandwich. (laughs) And I guess I just want, I would love people to relax, get rid of the squeezes in their muscles, to breathe, (laughs) to be truthful with each other, to care about each other, and to appreciate this life that you've been given if you're fortunate enough to have a decent one and it isn't about survival alone that that we need to be there for each other and also appreciate what what you have i i i know i tell my students that most of the people i know learn this lesson right at the end but you as artists have to learn it young mm-hmm. to be a great artist you have to know about mortality and you have to appreciate what do i see smell taste your touch what appreciate that little look in Michelle's eye or that little tone in Michelle's voice or notice I mean notice what's in front of you don't let it just go by like sand through your fingers and and you'll be very present and truthful and I think if people open their hearts and and live in truth I and not narcissism as you had
0: said before (laughs) the exception yeah
1: (laughs) yeah I think you're in an art place, whether you use it in, in acting or, or never do. You, mm-hmm. you will be living in an art
0: place. Wow. I wish that this this type of work were available across schools and everywhere um, at the right age to get started to really understand it. Because, wow, what a difference it could make for humanity, I feel like.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, when my kids are in, were in school, I thought, well... Why isn't there an, there's math, science, you know, arithmetic, you know, arithmetic English.
0: Oh, the arts and school. Oh. But why not ethics even? Right. You know, just right. simple ethics, you know. How to talk to people. How to talk yeah. with people. You don't learn how to have a conversation. You don't learn how to deal with different personality types. You don't learn any of that. Right. And uh, just ethics.
1: What's ethical? Right, and I I think I think that can be taught young, and it should be part of from K through twelve is mm. an ethics course. <laughs>
0: right, don't take Johnny's cupcake. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. It doesn't belong to you. <laughs> You're so funny. Now, That's um, <laughs> before we go, um, I know you wanted, to be, you know, before we started recording, you mentioned something about Lady Gaga doing a tribute, um, to yes. a late great master. Would you like to say a few words about that?
1: Yes, I. Go to YouTube, everybody. It's inspiring. Um, The wonderful acting coach, Elizabeth Kemp, who uh, died September 1st way too early. Um, And she was an incredible teacher of method acting and and dream work and um, using dreams in in artists' work. And um, she was an inspiring human being. And I think if you watch... Um, the YouTube uh, uh, Lady Gaga performed at Fenway Park last weekend and uh, told a, a story about Elizabeth Camp before one of her songs, and it you'll be inspired, I, I hope, by the kind of person she was. And um, again, it's another reminder that death gives us is enjoy life and give to others and be positive and easy on yourself, and you enjoy your unique self, and, mm-hmm. and and care about other people and and yourself. People can care about each other, but they don't in, own. This is me. This is yeah. me, and I'm okay.
0: I love that. What a great message to leave everybody with. And I know I'm I'm feeling enjoy inspired. Enjoy your unique
1: self. That's, I guess,
0: my my, my final, word, final statement, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Enjoy your unique self. Sharon, it's been such a pleasure to connect with you and to talk about this stuff. It's so fascinating. Thank you for taking time.
1: Absolutely. Have a lovely day, Michelle.
0: Everybody out there listening, don't forget, go to Sharon's website, SharonChatton.com. I'm going to provide the link in the show notes as well. And thanks again, Sharon. Be well, dear. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.